Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 26, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. It's good to be back. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a large heaping of remarks from Congressman Jeff Duncan's Faith and Freedom Barbecue, including Senator Tim Scott, headliner Mike Pompeo, and Governor Henry McMaster, and Republican Superintendent of Education nominee Ellen Weaver. In business, we hear from Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell about the latest on inflation and future rate increases. And in medical, a look at life expectancy rates nationwide and in South Carolina, as well as two big healthcare-related bills that have become law this year. Now, additionally, we want to hear your stories as well. That's why we have a voicemail box set up to hear from you about your life during these interesting times. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Summer is winding down. You're probably gonna do something fun for Labor Day weekend. You can always take us along. We live in your phone. Or you can also tell us what your Labor Day weekend plans are. We'd love to hear from you guys at 803-563-7169. I know someone's going to a state park. Call us from there. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is medium according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending August 20th, there were 10,052 cases of COVID reported to DHEC, a 22% drop from the previous week, and 13 deaths. On average, there were 585 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19 last week, 75 were in intensive care, and 32 were on ventilators. Currently, 52.8% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. Okay, folks, our politics section is our entree like it normally is, but there is no appetizer. We are jumping right in, not even using utensils. We're using our hands. (laughs) So get your feedback. (laughs) We're talking about Congressman Jeff Duncan's 11th annual Faith and Freedom Barbecue. It brought out some 2,000 folks to Anderson Monday evening in what is billed as the biggest annual gathering of conservatives in the state. The tables were full of folks enjoying barbecue and hearing from the state's top Republican politicians several of whom will appear on the ballot this fall, including Governor Henry McMaster, his running mate, Lieutenant Governor Pam Evett, Senator Tim Scott, Attorney General Alan Wilson, Superintendent of Education nominee Ellen Weaver, and Congressman Duncan, William Timmons, and even 7th Congressional District nominee Russell Fry, all the way from Surfside Beach. While not on the ballot this fall, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo could be in 2024 if... He is moved to do so, he said, regardless of who gets in the presidential race. Hmm, could he be talking about his former boss? That's what he told reporters ahead of his keynote address. There's big plans for me to make sure we have a really great election this November, and then uh, we, we will see what the good Lord brings after that. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I are thinking, praying, trying to figure out uh, where to serve next. It could be that we'll decide to enter the presidential race. It may not, but... We are going to stay in this fight. The, the, the central thesis that America needs conservative values delivered all across America is close to our heart. We're going to stay at that for sure. Uh, we're going to make our decision based on if we think this is the right place for us to serve. If I, if I come to believe that um, I ought to be the president, that I have something to offer the American people, I will run no matter who all decides to get in and who else decides not to get in the race. 
This is Pompeo's second major keynote address to a large South Carolina Republican gathering. He headlined the annual Silver Elephant fundraising dinner in Columbia last July and has been laying the groundwork for a run in other early voting states, while his super PAC has launched digital ads in South Carolina and Iowa. When asked about the FBI search of former President Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago for classified documents, he defended his former boss, but also had stern words for the appropriate handling of the nation's highest national security secrets, of which he did not take home with him. Yeah, this was a deeply politicized use of the FBI to, to raid a former president's home, a political opponent's home, is something that's never happened in our nation before. Uh, there may well have been disputes about certain documents and the like. There are methods to handle that. I, uh, I served on the Benghazi committee. I was a member of that, along with great South Carolinian Trey Gowdy, who chaired that committee. We knew for sure that Hillary Clinton had TSSCI information on her server. We didn't ask the DOJ to raid her home. We didn't ask them to come steal that. We negotiated for a solution to get access to the information that we believed that the Benghazi committee needed to figure out how it was that four Americans were killed there. They chose a different solution, the Biden administration. They chose to send FBI agents to the home of a former president. That is, uh, that is not the way America ought to be. So no, no, no one should have classified information out of the appropriate place for classified information anytime, full stop, period. The truth was a focus of another potential 2024 candidate, Senator Tim Scott, who was currently focused on cruising to a second term with a massive $24 million war chest and has consistently polled as one of the most popular politicians in the state, even among Democrats. We are living in a time where people think you have your truth and I have my truth. We call that our lie. It ain't right. It is completely wrong. And part of the challenge that we face in America today is that we have lost the underpinnings of truth in the public forum. And so when the President of the United States says Afghanistan was a perfect withdrawal, and we see with our eyes 13 American soldiers that lost their lives, we got to ask ourselves, what happened to the truth? When there are thousands of Americans left behind and Afghan allies, we turned our back on them. We have to ask ourselves, what happened to the truth? When we hear the President of the United States tell us that inflation is at zero percent, let us pray. That's Senator Scott there preaching about the loss of truth in our society, but not directly naming a former president who continues to assert, incorrectly and without any evidence, that the 2020 election was rigged, among a bevy of other mistruths. Now, while Pompeo was a keynote speaker, he even admitted that he needed to go to Senator Scott's church to learn how to preach like him, since the junior senator moments before got folks on their feet with a fiery close. Remember, this is the Faith and Freedom Barbecue, and Scott is passionate about both, and he merged them together in this close. And apologies for this incredibly hot audio. I mean, I had to ask for a malt box when I arrived, so this is what you get. We are in a fight for the life and the soul and the DNA of what it means to be an American, and I refuse to back down. I refuse to quit. I refuse to let anyone except my God to tell me who we are going to be. I believe. It is our responsibility to stand up 
know what it means to be an American. You're going to have to fight for it. If you want to know what it means to be a fighter, because we are right, you're going to have to fight for it. And if you want to know, if you want to know what it means to be the greatest country in the history of the world, you are going to have to fight for it. AT loves a challenge, folks. Now, earlier while speaking with the press, Pompeo said that the most important issue facing the country is the, quote, garbage being taught at schools, assuming he's referencing critical race theory, which again isn't taught in K-12 schools, along with inflated worries about gender issues, such things that apparently pose an even bigger threat to America than our adversaries. Here's how he presented it later on stage. We have big threats from the Chinese Communist Party. They are inside the gates. They want to change the way you and I live. They want to make sure our grandchildren live in a country that looks more like their Marxist world and less like our freedom-loving America. But that's not what worries me most. What worries me most is that we will give an inch on the things that matter, that we will begin to back up, that we won't defend what we know to be true. Don't let them gaslight you. Don't let them tell you that there are more than two genders. Don't, don't let them tell you. Don't let them tell you. Don't let them tell you that. Don't let them tell you, hey, no big deal. We just had a quarter million people come across the border last month. No worries. We, we know that's not true. We know that presents real risk, that we will fundamentally change the nature of this nation that we know and that we love. Pompeo called the Trump administration a, quote, unique administration and touted traveling the world as Secretary of State and not having to apologize once. Pompeo said Ukraine was safe under the Trump administration, but was invaded more than a year into Biden's. Republican Superintendent of Education nominee Ellen Weaver also spoke about woke culture and how she'll fight against it should she defeat Democrat Lisa Ellis, as expected this November, to replace outgoing two-term incumbent Republican Molly Spearman. Here's Ellen Weaver. Can we give Governor McMaster one more round of applause for reopening schools, for standing up against mask mandates, for putting our kids' future first? I am so proud to be able to work with him, look forward to working with our congressional delegation, to stand up against woke Washington bureaucrats who care more about trying to change our children's pronouns than whether they can read those pronouns. Enough is enough. Governor McMaster used his time on stage, like at many events recently, to rattle off a laundry list of accomplishments, like the six-week abortion ban bill, boosting teacher pay, increasing funding for law enforcement. He also mentions how the state never closed down during COVID, though briefly, during April 2020, certain non-essential businesses were closed and a work or home order was reluctantly implemented. And of course, he talked of other accomplishments during his first full term even taking credit for sending hundreds of millions of dollars to improve roads, bridges, and rural infrastructure, and expand broadband, all courtesy of the American Rescue Plan Act that congressional Republicans rejected. And nevertheless, McMaster touts the benefits without even mentioning where it comes from. Never let credit get in the way of a good success story, folks. Now McMaster also weighed in on the Mar-a-Lago search. And by the way, I finally figured out Merrick Garland, it was mentioned, uh, Jeff Landry mentioned about the weaponization I was U.S. attorney way, way back, worked for Strom Thurmond, and I remember the attorneys, uh, attorney general back then, and I remember when I was uh, U.S. attorney working with William French Smith and Ed Meese, 
And in 43 years of practicing law, I've never seen anything like what's going on with the Department of Justice. I got no complaint about the local FBI agents. I've worked with them for years, and they, they're good people, but something is wrong up there. And so it finally, I finally figured out what it was when the Mark Merrick Garland, as was mentioned, you know, he was sent the FBI, gave him the authority to go to school boards for look for domestic terrorism. Well, I figured out the reason they had to raid on Trump's house. He thought they were having a school board meeting in Mar-a-Lago. I think that's the reason. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, Gavin, so many Republicans on here talking, giving a lot of talking points, not enough from Democrats, even with Democratic gubernatorial candidate Joe Cunningham's week of barnstorming across the state. And I say, well, that's because Republicans send me media advisories of events days and days in advance. We plan for them, we go to them, we cover them. I just wanted to clarify that while there are maybe a Democratic deficiency in this episode, despite a whirlwind of campaign activity for some Democrats, alas, I haven't been getting those media advisories. Words have been exchanged, and now I am. So we'll have you covered as we ramp up coverage post-Labor Day. And on the way out, a little dessert for you. You can mark your calendars because we have our first debate, folks. That's right. SCETV and the Post and Courier will host a gubernatorial debate on October 26th at 7 p.m. from ETV Studios here in Columbia. I'll be moderating along with Andy Shane from the Post and Courier. He'll join me for the hour to question McMaster and Cunningham. We'll have it on South Carolina Public Radio as well as streaming online. So look forward to October 26. Now for our Powell Hour. That's right, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell gave a stark warning Friday that there will be more pain ahead as the central bank continues its fight against inflation. Powell spoke from the annual Economic Policy Conference in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's basically the American version of Davos. But I mean, if you've ever been to Davos, you <laughs> it's nothing compared to Davos. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Powell's brief remarks came as inflation slowed in July, with the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, that's the Fed's preferred inflation gauge, of course, showed a 0.1% decline from June. Here's Chairman Powell. Restoring price stability will take some time and requires using our tools forcefully to bring demand and supply into better balance. Reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. Moreover, there will very likely be some softening of labor market conditions. While higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. These are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation. But a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain. Now, despite multiple interest rate increases over the past few months that have pushed rates up by 2.25%, Powell said that pace should soon slow as monetary policy tightens. History shows that the employment costs of bringing down inflation are likely likely to increase with delay as high inflation becomes more entrenched in wage and price setting. The successful Volcker disinflation of the early 1980s followed multiple failed attempts to lower inflation over the previous 15 years. A lengthy period of very restrictive monetary policy was ultimately needed to stem high inflation. 
and to start the process of getting inflation down to the low and stable levels that were the norm until the spring of last year. Like Powell said previously, there will be some pain, including a softening of labor markets. And this all comes, of course, after massive job gains and unemployment returning to pre-COVID levels. The labor market is particularly strong, but it is clearly out of balance, with demand for workers substantially exceeding the supply of available workers. Inflation is running well above 2%, and high inflation has continued to spread through the economy. While the lower inflation readings for July are certainly welcome, a single month's improvement falls far short of what the committee will need to see before we are confident that inflation is moving down. So long story short, the lead says, you might want to hold on to your current job before becoming the low man on the totem pole at some new gig as labor market volatility heats up. Another little ditty for you, Axios reports that corporate profit margins, I know you've been dying to know about those, jumped to the highest level since 1950 in the second quarter. This according to data from the Commerce Department's Bureau of Economic Analysis. While surging oil company profits were a major factor, it's still eye-opening considering that supply chain issues, inflation, and wage growth, all that happened in the second consecutive quarter of negative GDP growth. Remember, we're talking about huge corporate profits, despite what some say is a recession. Hmm, weird. So, I guess it's pretty good for a quote-unquote recession? I don't know. And of course, gas prices are plateauing in the state. The current average price for a gallon of gas is $3.46. That's down a penny from last week and down 38 cents from a month ago. This according to AAA. How long will you live? Well, the lead doesn't know for sure, but a very long time is what my eight ball is telling me right now, so rest assured. But for a more specific look at life expectancy, let's look at the latest report from the National Center for Health Statistics. Overall, life expectancy in the United States declined by 1.8 years from 2019 to 2020. This, of course, makes sense because it's mostly due to the COVID-19 pandemic and increases in unintentional injuries, mainly drug overdose deaths. If you were born in the United States in 2020, your life expectancy on average would be 77 years, specifically 74 if you're a man, 79 if you're a woman. Now this report also ranks states from the highest to lowest, with Hawaii ranking number one with expectancy at 80.7 years, and Mississippi the lowest at 71.9 years. Now where is South Carolina on this spectrum? Give you time to guess. In a moment. Well, if you guess toward the bottom, you're right. That's typically where we are on such lists. We're ranked 42nd in the country with a life expectancy of 74.8 years. That's six years below Hawaii and about two years less than the national average. Now, when it comes to life expectancy at age 65, South Carolina moves up to 37th with 17.7 years overall, 16.3 for men, and 19 years for women. The U.S. average for life expectancy past 65 is 18.5 years. Okay, so a lot of numbers right there, but I have one more statistic that you may be wondering about is what our decline from 2019 to 2020 looked like. The biggest life expectancy decline was of three years, and that happened in New York State. In South Carolina, we saw a year-to-year decline of two years. 
so that's just slightly above the national average. And of course, these declines were primarily driven by COVID. So let's go away from death and talk about birth. And of course, I'm still going to talk about some statistics, but I want to tell you about two ceremonial bill settings that the governor held this week that will benefit folks across the state. The first major law the governor signed was the Family Leave Act, which provides paid parental leave for state employees due to the birth, adoption, or foster care of a child. Eligible employees who give birth to a child or who are the primary caregivers are entitled to six weeks of paid parental leave. Those who do not give birth to the child or are not the primary caregiver get two weeks of paid parental leave. Now nationwide, there is no minimum paid maternity leave. But when we look worldwide, in Greece, they have one of the best, with a minimum of 43 weeks. In the United Kingdom, 39 weeks. So let's look at some other data here. Greece's infant mortality rate is 2.57 deaths per thousand live births, which I guess is why their life expectancy is pushing 82.6 years. That's even better than Hawaii, folks. Now, South Carolina's infant mortality is 6.5 deaths per thousand live births. That's far higher than the nationwide rate of 5.4 and Greece's 2.57, which I'll say is a full point higher than Iceland's, but I'd rather live in Greece, so we don't need to talk about Iceland. This is all according to UNICEF. Now, long story short, we're moving to Greece. <laughs> but to be fair, the CDC defines infant death as any death of an infant that takes place between conception through the child's first birthday. Long time frame right there. The World Health Organization includes only those children who die during pregnancy or the first six weeks after birth. So a little context there about those rates. Now, the paid family leave law for state employees went into effect on May 22nd. So mazel tov to all my new parents out there. Another ceremonial bill signing the governor held this week was for optometry mobile units. This law allows not-for-profit programs to operate optometry mobile units to visit Title I public schools and provide services on-site to their students. These mobile units can provide preventative treatment to a student, including eye screening, eye exams, or prescription for corrective lenses. And they must make appropriate arrangements for treatment services with the patient's geographic area on a follow-up basis if they need it. And again, just to get some idea about how many folks could be served by this, there are nearly 700 Title I schools across the state. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we always want to hear your stories. That's why we have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. You can weigh in on what kind of folder colors name you would name your kid. Oh yeah, crime names. What you would name your kid, folder colors, um, back to school supplies, your favorite part of back to school shopping. Uh, 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 mundane things you're great at. Oh, God. Give us the most mundane thing. We want to know about it. Like we want organizing know. something according to size, shape, color. You really know how to put a garbage bag in the right way. <laughs> and you're going to tell us, <laughs> and possibly your husband or wife, how to do that. <laughs> so let us know at 803-563-7169. I mean, I, uh, hopefully someone will call and talk about folding a fitted sheet. Because I just ball that thing up and throw it in. Caitlin, she does it where, like, she gets it sort of to work, and then she folds the edges so you can't see the circle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it looks perfect, but it's not. It's yeah. a lie. Yeah. But it's a good lie. You do it's a top sheet? Bit. You guys do a top sheet? Caitlin does. I do not. 
Interesting. Yeah. So it's cut in half is what I'm hearing. Yes. Cut, cut in, in half. half. You don't even Actually, touch she it. has she gets more than half. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I, I I don't know what I don't know what's going on. But I think my legs just thrash in the night. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm not a, a sheet guy. Yeah. And she likes more. a sheet on. But I kick it off every time. So I mean, good. good. We're good. we're 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 working through it. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. We go to therapy five times a week for it. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Textile. We, Textile distress. We got to do it. But anyway, Gavin. <laughs> I don't. Do ask, that. ask me a question. I just did. Ask me a question. <laughs> oh, uh, the question. Yeah. We have any voicemail? We got voicemail, <laughs> yes. And it's not just any voicemail. Oh, oh. We got a check-in from oh. a friend that I missed. Jakarta Tom? Is it Jakarta Tom? It's not Jakarta Tom. Okay, well, Jakarta Tom, if you're out there, please send a text. I'm worried about call. him. I'm worried about him. Anyway, Gavin, are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. What's up, Gavin and AT? Uh, you, uh, you threw out my name there in the last episode that I listened to, saying, where have I been? And that uh, AT was thinking of me. So I figured I'd check in. I'm just enjoying a summer here in Massachusetts, to be honest with you. Um, Riding my bike, getting out for hikes, walking around with a new pupper. uh, Just enjoying not being in a swampy 100-plus degree. um, Feels like you got out of the shower as soon as you walk outside uh, feeling that I experienced for the majority of my life in South Carolina and now am not experiencing here in Massachusetts. It's, um, you know, still hot because it's hot everywhere because global warming is a real thing. And stuff's going to get weird. But uh, the garden's been good. The weather's been nice. The people have been great. I don't have any bits for you. Uh, I can do my best to come up with one. But uh, as far as Trader Joe's go, you might want to try to change my name because I currently only work there one day a week, and I started uh, working at a bicycle shop because bicycles are one of the best things ever. Um, I hope that you guys are doing good. I hope the South is treating you well, and I hope the Gamecocks lose a whole lot this year. Go Tigers. Well, we did summon you there, Trader Joe, or Trader Joe's singular day work. I think it should be Trader Joe, like T-R-A-I-T-O-R. You asked for him, he calls, and then you call him a That's not an insult. Not an insult. It's not a compliment where I come from. (laughs) But uh, we're we're so happy to hear from you, Trader Joe. (laughs) (laughs) You see how easy it is? He's like that? He's homonyms. Homophones, hominins. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Massachusetts summer sounds wonderful, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a little under the Tuscan sun. Very beautiful (laughs) for me. I I think it might have been warmer up there than down here, though. Well, it's definitely been rainy a lot more down here. We've had a a really wet little August, which is good. You know, crops love it. Grass loves it. We'll take it, especially look at the rest of the country where it's... Yeah, sear, sear and arid. Wow, wow, we wow. Oh, I'm so glad you called. I have been going into the bathroom, and every time I'm in the bathroom, I I shut the lights off and I look in the mirror and I say Trader Joe 17 times, it's, and it's really insufferable. It worked. I mean, it worked. At work, it's it, it's it becoming worked. a thing. Yeah, I, when I say I have to go to the bathroom, I'm gone for like 20. I have minutes. to stand outside of the bathroom and tell people I'm sorry. So sorry. Busy right now. Yeah, busy. Don't go in. But uh, <laughs> screeching, they just look at me when they hear the screeching. I'm, like, I'm so yeah, I get scared. Sorry. I get so uh, scared every time. Uh, so uh, I'm so glad you called in. I'm glad that you're working with bikes. I'm glad you're doing stuff that's, uh, that you love. Yeah. Um, and bespoke Joe. Bespoke Joe. I don't know, man. I'm thinking of something like spokes or spoke. Uh, he, uh, Gavin's spoken. a big spokehead. Spoken. 
Um, so I'm glad I'm glad that it's all working out up there. But uh, I think I'm I'm much more like sure. Is it hot down in South Carolina? Yes, mm-hmm. but I would take that over the the winter the winter in Massachusetts. Totally. So uh, Trader Joe, if you ever get another chance to call in. Call in in like late November and let me know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to be a snowbird. Yeah, I don't love that. That's do, the time I don't like. Do millennial snowbirds exist? Not yet. You got to. You got. I'm waiting for the New York Times trend piece to tell me they exist. Uh, Maureen Dowd's working on it right now. I think <laughs> these millennials have it right. <laughs> God, the New York Times pitch bot on Twitter. Oh my God! If it, I, I, I send it. I just. I, I have to stop sending it to you because I know you're seeing them too. But I don't care. So I, I enjoy it every time. Good. If anyone needs to follow a great Twitter, NYT pitch bot. So good. Is amazing. They're it's, fake headlines, but really funny. Anyway, Gavin. Just reading the New York Times. Trader Joe team. was not the only person to check in. Cool. Okay. We got. Huh? We got a text from Roman, teacher Roman, <gasps> Greens, the grand, the the, the three minute grand strand man. This, Mr. Mr. Nickname. Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. I hear you. Apparently, <laughs> the voicemail gets texts, so we got one. This is fun. But now so, he's breaking his 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 streak of these solid three minute tight voicemails. Yeah, I mean maybe he couldn't fit this one. Oh, no, no, I'm no. gonna time your read on this one, okay? No, because I'm gonna I'm gonna phone this sucker in. Uh, because uh, this is about our discussion about folders and subjects here. Well, that's a good okay? text, and you want to be specific This on is that. great, and I'm pretty pleased with what he's... I'm pleased as punch, okay, mm. with what he said. All right. Depends on the He punch. says, the correct answer is <laughs> math blue folder. Okay, hold on. Yeah? Math blue folder, cold logic and sadness. <laughs> English language arts red folder, red, red. You get it? No, You read a book. Not, you yeah, read a book. I get it, but it does... That's my rationale. Next... <laughs> Science green folder, Thank nature. You. Thank you. Obvious. We can all talk about that. Social studies yellow folder. Light equals truth. <laughs> so <laughs> he says, until you brought this marvelous topic to light, I had honestly never thought about why this was so. Social studies. Yeah. I mean, social studies light equals truth. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Social. Yellow. I just had social written down. And then he listed to me everywhere <laughs> he's been to school. Mm. First grade Indonesia. Second grade. Pennington, third grade Pennington, fourth grade New Jersey and Texas, fifth grade Texas, sixth grade Illinois, seventh grade Qatar, eighth grade Doha, ninth grade Massachusetts. New Jersey and Texas, I mean, my God, in one year, <laughs> I'd, I'd say, I, I don't know which one I'd pick. That's crazy. That's oh, like, I say, mean, it's like Mountain Dew or crab juice. Jersey, oh, baby. Crab Jersey, juice. baby. Oh, give me, I think I, I, think I want the Gee crab juice. He was there. We got to give him a new nickname then. He is. I just want to say that I think um, Grant's, I think Roman is so in, ingrained in those colors because that my God, the man needed some store, sort of stability. Oh yeah, with all that traveling and schooling and just whoa, he's like math blue, English the, the red. Only I'm thing okay keeping now. him grounded <laughs> was, was science yeah. being green. Yes, and, and Lord help him <laughs> if he didn't get the right folder. I'm sure there would have been like. <laughs> Desks being thrown and compasses being stabbed. I asked my friend's wife what she thought, and she goes, uh, English blue, <sighs> math blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And I was like, oh, so you just want blue folders. She's like, yeah, yeah. I just like blue. <laughs> but honestly, like it, it just morphed into the five-star notebook folders. The meads. Uh, but the uh, meads. It, early on, of course, the colors, the colors. Yeah. At the end of this, he gave you a good shout out, Gavin. He says, more importantly, I want to acknowledge that Gavin recorded in his car without, I believe, air conditioning running. Mm. I'm so curious how you got your sound on the road. <laughs> but 
I said, you, a, well, it's a Dodge Durango. It's <laughs> a Dodge Durango difference. It's a Dodge difference. Okay, zero down, you, zero APR. You did have the AC on. I, had, I, had, I I heard it. I had it down low. I had to maintain my cool composure. I took this as a great compliment because what I did was I here we go. Turn around, expert, please. Turn around to you. Exactly. I'm put the spotlight back on me, please. I did. I sound. I noise reduced you, and I and I got rid of that. And I I did. I did. If I hear the word I again, three layers of. EQ, parametric EQs, okay? So I did some work on there, all right? Yeah, we are all thankful that you did that from oh, the, yes. the confines of Hilton Head, uh, beachfront. Well, Gavin, <laughs> I think you will love this next topic because it's all about you. Before we go, I do want to talk about our most recent kickball scrimmage. Oh, yeah. Okay? And Gavin... The rabbit ears, our the team rab- name. Gavin kicked the kick of kicks. What? Truly the kick of kicks. You <laughs> booted a great boot. It was one of those beautiful kicks that you want to save for the game because I yes. feel like we got a couple of those in our first game and they it, just go to the spot where no one is. It curved perfectly to, to right field where there was no one and was curving in a way that it didn't immediately jump to the fence. It just kept rolling. And didn't go and didn't go foul. It was so close it to that kept, foul line. It was just like, Ugh. And then it just rolled into foul territory, but not so far that it bounced backwards in. So it was a great kick. Mm-hmm. And Gavin was hustling, hustling hard. He gets the second base, and I see him turn. I was in the field. Gavin was kicking. And I see him turn, and he's like, oh, I got this. And then he starts. The smug he look He starts of the home run trot. Okay? <laughs> the home run trot of trots, and he's just watching. He's admiring his work out in the outfield. It's so good. And in it, being caught up in all this admiration of his own kick, he missed third base by 30 feet. Okay, disclaimer. <laughs> let's 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 debunk AT's while in drama. <laughs> we were supposed to be on a field that had bases. Yes. We got pushed to a softball field that, that did not have bases. Correct. I don't think you could even say 30 feet existed between the bases, let alone me missing one base by 30 feet. You missed by 30 feet. And we're talking about missing a base. <laughs> A square a of dirt, dirt, a dirt on square on dirt. dirt. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and not to mention that I got home with plenty of time. So I technically <laughs> he had could have so much time. Third. He had so much time. And yeah. nevertheless, this wasn't good enough for your producer, for me, Shire. And I said, "Oh, you got to well, go didn't back, touch. Gavin. So you got to go back to third. Go back. Just, technically, just, you should have been out. I'm going to say <laughs> you should have been out by missing the base. If there was a base, I would have touched it. Since there wasn't one. <laughs> I just assumed. <laughs> so I made Gavin go back. He got so I, mad. It was great. Yeah, God forbid that I could enjoy a moment of a home run. But now it's, now I just have to save it up for the real thing. And then you'll be my base coach at third. Tell me to go home, touch, the, tag the bag, tag up. keep going, go. G-Money. Gut it out. Gut it and out. And I'm like, thanks, Pa. Thanks, Papa. Yeah. Oh, whoa, I'm Ga- looking through the trauma of my child. Gavin, Gavin's nickname on the back of his shirt is G-Money. <laughs> We've had a lot of nicknames this week. Mine up. is Shire with a dollar sign instead of an S, obviously. And there are some that we can't say on air. No, there are some curses. Uh, Mature but, audiences. Yeah, uh, TV, find them on our Patreon, TV, guys. Yeah, find us on our, it's on our OnlyFans <laughs> and, and Patreon. <laughs> anyway, Gavin, say goodbye to these folks. I hope you have a good weekend. Stay cool, stay dry, and peace, love, and soul. <laughs> oh my. God, is that the new sign-off? <laughs> well, folks, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and especially to our friends Trader Joe and Mr. Grand Strand Man Roman for calling and texting. You can do the same by giving us a shout at 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. We love those. 
You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina Lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Is this a fog thing? <laughs> Is this a fog thing? Are, are you guys doing a fog thing to me again? It's just like the fog.